You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We're continuing our coverage of Nip Tuck Season 1. We're closing in on the finish line here for this first season. Um, so today we're talking about Episode 12 of Season 1, Antonio Ramos. Uh, original air date uh, the 14th of October 2003 so looking forward to talking you through this one and uh, I'm Nick and I do not tolerate rudeness in the dinner hour and my name is Ben and I just slept with some pervert who wanted to lick my stomach while I went down on him <laughs> that's a pretty good quote I've got to give you that well I, I, I just well, you know just also being honest as well I feel like honesty is always the best policy so you know caring is sharing Nick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, there's things about you I didn't need to know, and that was probably right up. There. <laughs> We're learning a lot about each other during this rewatch. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been an eye opener, and I'm not sure in a good way. Um, so we're we're into uh, the home straight here, and I think I said on the last episode that this is kind of like a, a bit of a, a two episode arc that kind of gets us across the finish line here, and we get back to where we started with this whole um, Escobar storyline. Um, you know, so this one is is quite heavily involved in that stuff, and the next one will be as well. Um, but um, yeah, some 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 pretty heavy stuff going on here. And not, I'm not just talking about the size of people's boobs, but um, <laughs> it is a pretty heavy episode all around, really. Or stomachs with babies in them. Um, yes. It's just, yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely agree with you. I mean, these next two are kind of very full on, but. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of, it's done in a different way. Like, we've, obviously, in our very first season of New Tuck, we've had some very full-on episodes, and, you know, we've ridden the roller coaster of emotions in terms of, you know, their their tone, basically. And it's kind of, you know, off the back of some pretty deep and dark episodes in the, you know, the middle part of this season, we kind of end it, um, you know, not really on the dark side of things, but, I mean, I guess there are many dark elements to it, but I think it wraps it up quite well. I think... I think we've mentioned that you know there's very few plot lines and storylines in this in this show that ever get forgotten, and it's kind of I think it's done really well how you know you go all the way back to the pilot how we started this show off, and it kind of comes to a nice little point really, doesn't it? How you know it wraps up over these last two episodes, and um, you know it, it's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to kind of keep going on this journey to see how a lot of this stuff still plays out, kind of you know over the the coming few seasons and particularly how much you know we've enjoyed this first season how good this first season is and it's kind of interesting i think both you and i are on the same page that we think season two is probably the best season out of all six of them so it's it's interesting if people are watching this with us to think just how good this is at the moment that it's only going to keep getting better particularly next season um but yeah that's kind of not where you went it's more so on the last two episodes and yes i'm excited to talk about these yeah, well, I think probably the thing that has kind of surprised me a little bit about season one, and you know, I'll be I'll be pretty honest, it's been a really long time since I've seen these, and my memories of the show are really around what happens in season two and three for the most part. And so season one, while I kind of remember the main, well, what I thought I did, the main kind of plot beats, I've been pretty surprised at, at how much kind of really interesting setup there is in this first season. And I had I had totally forgotten that this whole Escobar stuff is really just the last two episodes. You know, it had really not dawned on me that that was the case for a little while. You know, I, I'd i kind of been thinking a lot about this as an ongoing storyline. And I guess we can probably maybe in the next episode talk a little bit about whether or not it should have been a bit more integrated throughout the whole season as opposed to just the, you know, the icing on the top of the cake at the end of the episode. Um, but anyway, I suppose let's get into it. And, you know, we start off straight away with this model that turns up to, to see Christian. And, um, you know, we get this great joke at the start. She said, tell me what you don't like about yourself. And she's got these massive boobs and she's on oh, my nose. You know, like, you know, it's obvious. It's obvious what she's there for. It's the Volkswagens on her chest and, and all this kind of thing. And, you know, we kind of go straight into um, the surgery and, and, you know, and you see these these implants being removed and, and Sean and Christian are obviously a little bit suspect because they don't look like your average implants and uh, who should walk through the door but uh, Escobar himself. Yeah, and um, it's it's I, I like I like the way it's kind of done there. Like as you said, that sort of the, <laughs> the Volkswagen's on a chest. What does she say? Like ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. Um, yeah, yeah. And then kind of through this, obviously learning the fact that what seventy percent of their work is boob jobs, which is quite incredible. I love Christian's little dig that he does at Liz when you know she's basically saying like, "Oh, you know, it makes me question, you know, why I do this for a living." And <laughs> what does he say like, "Oh, you know, you think about that next time you're sitting on your perfectly shaped ass at the WNBA or something like that." <laughs> like, 
I just loved yeah. that, that little that line. But I just want to point out the music. I mean, one thing that I love about uh, Escobar is his love of 80s music and the fact that he always happens to have the best 80s songs that go with this. Uh, we get Poison Arrow by ABC, such a good song. Um, and it just fits in so well. And it's kind of interesting. I, we were talking about last episode, weren't we, about the, the whole setting of this, you know, Miami and doesn't really get a vibe of it. I, I, my real sort of introduction to anything to do with Miami growing up, uh, you know, one of the main things I remember would have been Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which, of course, you know, <laughs> was very much set on Miami, set in the 80s. So a lot of, you know, my thought process of Miami comes to do with the 80s. And I guess I'm not alone there, you know, uh, Scarface and all those sort of things as well. But it's just, to me, this is like, okay, now maybe I'm questioning what I was saying last episode about Miami because it's like 80s music, drugs, you know, maybe we are in Miami here. <laughs> yeah, well, it was quite interesting because I, um, oh, you can actually hear it in the background there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I did a little bit of research after our last episode to kind of go into this a bit about, you know, what was the whole reason that they decided to go with Florida. And you know, the reasoning was really that they decided it had to be somewhere where there was a lot of skin. You know, that was kind of the whole point. Um, you, know, you can't do a show that's about plastic surgery and, and you know, not and talk around the fact that it, it is about boob jobs and things like that. So you need somewhere, a city where you're going to see a lot of skin. And obviously, when you think about that, you immediately think of LA. And these guys didn't want to go and do kind of, you know, celebrity of the week type of thing. They wanted to get away from that. So, you know, where's the next most obvious place to do it? And they landed on Miami, which I think makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I think they talk a lot about, you know, the, the producers in, in that interview that I was watching that they really wanted to kind of integrate Miami into it, but not make it, you know, absolutely scream in your face that it's Miami as well. And, you know, I, after our discussions over the last episode, I, I kind of am coming around to that being the case a little bit, you know, that it is, it's, it's a bit more subtle, but it's definitely there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's interesting how sort of I was trying to pay attention to a few things here and there uh, over these episodes. And, I mean, I, I think I even noticed, um, and more so probably in the next episode, but, um, you know, they seem to recycle the same shots when they kind of do a sweeping panorama shot of the city itself. Um, and, yeah, for the most part, from yeah, what I know... I this Yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, I, what I know, this was filmed still in Los Angeles. But, I mean, it's, um, it's interesting how you know, with that viewpoint in mind, what you just said, how they obviously, you know, spoiler alert, the show does get shifted to Los Angeles come season five. Um, but, you know, and I, and I, as I think I said in the last episode, I feel it, the, the location plays a lot more into it come season five. But there's reasonings behind that. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting how they still go about it because, um, you know, I, I'll be definitely intrigued to sort of now that we've we've opened this can of worms, I guess, to really kind of analyse it because, you know, like, there are definitely things in this show um, in the first four seasons that you can't escape, that you, we are in Miami, that you are in Florida. You know, you mentioned it, you know, the fact that we've got the, the alligators and sort of the first, um, you know, episode. I mean, you can't have that in Los Angeles. You know, that's a very, very much a Florida thing. Um, and there are, you know, lots of things to do with even these episodes that we're talking about now that are very much Florida. You know, are we, are we going to have sort of a drug kingpin, you know, getting women with, you know, heroin in their breasts in LA? Probably not. You know, where are we? We're in Florida. We're close to kind of, you know, the Caribbean and sort of all that style and, you know, closer to South America. And and anyone who's been to Miami and sort of the southern part of Florida will know it's, it's, it is clearly, you know, majority, uh, you know, Latino population. We got that in the very first episode, didn't we, when Julia says, we live in South Florida, you know, English is the second language. So... Yeah, there are definitely parts where you can't avoid it, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess it's going to be interesting to kind of keep viewing how this, you know, this can of worms, as I said, keeps going when it comes to, you know, the, the setting of Florida and whether or not it's, it really plays a, a big deal as we keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that it, it really comes into focus in these two episodes because of the storyline, you know, I mean, for, for better or for worse, the kind of things that, a lot of us kind of associate with with Miami and with Florida is this, you know, it is this kind of drug thing and you know this kind of music and it all does feel a little bit like Vice City. You, you're absolutely right there, and um, you know that's that's probably not a correct thing to be thinking, but unfortunately, it is something that a lot of people who are probably a bit ignorant to what really is in in Miami are probably going to think about when they think of a city. Um, especially the way it's depicted, you know, in Hollywood. So, you know, I guess we're definitely getting a little bit more of a blatant look at it here than we kind of do, you know, 
elsewhere, I, I guess. Um, but anyway, you know, this whole storyline is really talking about, you know, Escobar's come in and he's bringing these models in and they've got these implants in which are actually full of heroin. And so what does he say? I think each, each implant's worth 250000 yeah, in terms of the heroin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's a fair amount of money. And, and you know, Escobar makes um, short work of blackmailing these guys that, you know, he know he knows about the, you know, the dead body from the first episode and all that kind of thing. And he can easily run off to the police and he wants his $300,000 back. So, you know, if we're talking about that, that should be one boob job, really, shouldn't it? I mean how are we working out the maths here um but anyway you know he's got these two doctors over a barrel and, and he can do whatever he wants um and you know these guys have got to keep doing it and i guess that the whole point of this is when is it going to end yeah and just a quick quick um props and i don't know if we really gave him too much of props for this in now the first episode we had with him but the actor robert lasado i mean how good is he he's just he's just so natural at this and looking at his uh, filmography it's clear that he's kind of typecast in this role um if you look at the list of the characters that he generally plays and i have seen him in something else i'm, I'm looking through his um filmography here and I, I can't even remember which one of these ones i've seen him in but I know I've definitely seen him as something else, and he basically was the same character. I mean, he just clearly plays this same sort of, you know, drug-style person. But he's just so good, and particularly when it comes to, I think, the next episode and just... I mean, oh, I just... I have nothing but good things to say about him, and he's just such a good villain, and... Um, you know, just the way he kind of does it. He kind of does it in that sort of real charismatic, casual way, doesn't he? Like, even in this bit when he's just like, oh, I'll wait for you in my office, you know, can't stand the sight of blood. You know, it's just kind of just like little things that he throw away lines and just everything about him. And, um, yeah, the, the funny thing is, too, is that all the tattoos that you see him have, they're real as well. Like, they're not put on. They're not makeup. That's that's him. That's him in real life. So, um, yeah, it's kind of... It obviously set, setting, setting us up here, but... Um, you know, it's it's a pretty, uh, you know, you think about this sort of women getting these things shoved in their, their chest and bringing them into the country. Like, as we sort of discussed, it's often based on real life, a lot of these things. So, uh, you know, sad to think that this is something, no doubt, that probably has happened in real life too. So, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty disgusting practice, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. And I think you're right about, you know, this is a big game of power to this guy and, you know, just, just the way that things are kind of positioned that, you know, when he's basically putting these guys over a barrel, he sits in their seat, you know, in front of the kind of fish tank while they sit in where the patients would sit. You know, he's just making it very clear that he's the boss and, you know, looking at the photo of Julia on the desk and all that kind of thing, you know, like he's making, you know, pretty obvious truths. Who's that do And, you know, all this kind of thing. And, yeah, you're, you're totally right. He's such a good villain and he, he kind of fits this role so well. He just looks perfect for the role. Um, I think they've actually done a good job because I think, one of the comments I made in that that pilot episode is that I thought they put him in this this enormous suit and he kind of just looked completely out of place. So I think he kind of he's dressed a bit better here. I think he he looks a bit more natural and and all that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean he's a he's a great villain and he's going to do a good job for us in these last two episodes. But um, we kind of move away from that just for a little while and, and get into this the storyline that involves Julia and Sophia is back into the mix. Which yeah, like you said in the last episode, we thought she was done and dusted, but uh, we've got just a little resurgence in this episode about her coming back and um, one of my favorite um small time characters and this suzanne she's back yep. for this one um and you know they're at a they're at a um a, a yoga class and um sophia turns up and the weird thing about this is it's, you know like julia's never met her before and she just turns up and they're suddenly best friends it <laughs> seems a little bit kind of convenient storytelling there but um you know it's it's not really a biggie, but it's just kind of a funny little throwaway that that just happens so coincidentally and just all works out really nicely. And, um, you know, there's, there's a much bigger story going on here about, you know, the acceptance of transsexuals in, in society and, and all that kind of thing. And, you know, just the looks of everybody else and the fact that Julia's just, you know, pretty naturally just accepts her straight away. And you've got to think that that's her experience with Sean and, and all that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it, it's pretty hard watching some of this stuff and it, it's um you know when everything else that's going on in this this episode it's this is a pretty intense kind of thing that's going on here as well yeah it's i agree with you it's it's very sort of you know a sad reflection on sort of aspects of society that this kind of stuff happens and you know i didn't want to say happened because sadly this is something that still happens 14 years later um 
and you know, I, I'm just going to say, I mean, with the exception of Suzanne, like, I, I, I just don't see the point of this storyline in this episode. I really don't. I just, it just feels lost in this whole grand scheme of what's happening with Sean and Christian and, you know, even the Gina stuff. And it's kind of just like, they've had to include Julia in there somewhere. And, and I, I don't know, I just feel it's wasted. And it's got nothing to do with what the, the what we're exploring in, in terms of the the topic matter. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's no purpose to this. I don't know if you feel that way too. But it's just I don't know. I just it just takes you away from it, and it really I feel is something that if you're gonna do something like this, explore it in a different way. Because I just I just felt there was no purpose to this storyline in this episode at all. Yeah, it does feel like filler, and it's not kind of attached to anything else. And you know, I'm not sure that there's a really good payoff for it either. That's the problem. Is that it, it kind of doesn't really resolve itself in any particular way, which is a bit of a shame, really, when you think about you know what a good character Sophia's been over this first season. That you know, this is this is kind of what we get from her to end the season, and it's a bit of a shame, really. Um, because I think it is quite a, a heavy kind of thing to be putting in this episode and to just kind of, you know, throw it away like that. You're, you're totally right. I definitely agree with you there. Um, but, you know, we're going to come back to that a little bit as we go along. So we won't labour the point because um, we're not finished there and we can kind of talk about how the whole thing kind of finishes up as we go. So we get into what's kind of like the third little bit of this whole episode, which is the, the Christian and Gina stuff. And yeah. um, is it just or she, did she suddenly get really pregnant? Well, this is this was my thing that I wanted to sort of touch on in terms of these couple of episodes because I know we've kind of called out Nip Tuck a little bit on their their timeline, sort of maybe not making too much sense. But yeah, she's basically six months pregnant at this point. So she was what was she eight weeks or something like that when we found out an episode or two ago. Um, so so basically, what four or five months have passed essentially. We're we're led to believe. Um, which by the next episode, you know, another couple of months have passed. And this is where, you know, it just, the timeline to me isn't making sense here. And maybe we're just being too nitpicky and reading into it because, you know, we're obviously watching these back to back. So, of course, we can do that a little bit more. But, yeah, she, she's six months pregnant. This is this is caught up. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the only one there who's kind of been like, well, you know, where did this come from? Yeah, just it all just seems a bit convenient to um kind of wrap up what you know this whole pregnancy storyline within this season. And again, I think they could have kind of played this a little bit further out over the whole season if they really wanted to, but they kind of decided to jam it in the last couple of episodes. And you know, I, I guess this is a little bit of my my issues with these last couple of episodes is that it does feel like these things that are you know quite big setup. I've done it again. Would you believe I've done you, that you twice? Just, you want uh, to watch it? You're like, wow! I really yeah, that's watch right. This episode. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and I think that these things that could have been bigger long term storylines across the season kind of haven't been. And I wonder if that's maybe they just didn't know if they'd get a renewal, so they were kind of like, well, we better jam these two things in to kind of, you know, maybe get some resolutions on some stories that we might not get to finish in season two. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not particularly clear to me, um, but. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like I, we've seen some really good stuff across the season, so it's hard to kind of get too kind of critical about it. But, you know, could some of these... There isn't a lot of, like, big long-term storylines across the season. Yeah, and I I guess I kind of... I thought this was... It surprised me to sort of bring this back, how it was um, only over two episodes, really, this whole stuff. Because, yeah, I, I kind of felt similar kind of in a way what you're saying that this is something that was extended a lot longer over this season but um yeah we basically just it's a two episode thing so um yeah i mean look as much as we love this show and everything and talking about plot lines and all this sort of stuff if you if you analyze the time frame of a lot of things you know it, it does kind of feel like yeah a lot of stuff maybe is, is shoved down your throat a little bit but it's, it's kind of interesting when we then talk about someone like our dear friend grace who is just invisible for the final two episodes, which, again, I completely forgot about. He's somebody who is useless, is written out of this show, and basically the last episode that we saw her in, when, you know, I think basically the last scene we saw of her was Sean basically turning around and being all like, oh, my marriage was in trouble, I would have slept with anyone, or whatever it was. So it's kind of like, okay, thanks, Grace, bye. She doesn't get anything of sort of a closure or anything. So um, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, because, you know, hashtag Grace is useless. Yeah, so it, it does feel a little bit choppy and, um, you know, I, I don't want to waste too much time talking about Grace because we can go over that when we kind of wrap up the season and, um, you know, the less time spent talking about her, the better. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's 
I guess we're going to talk about this continuously over the next couple of episodes. So um, let's let's not hold us up too much and, and get back on to um, what happens next in this episode, which is seeing these guys trying to make some money. And, um, you know, Christian's selling his boat and Sean pulls out, what, how much money did he pull out of his, um, his savings? 25000 or something like that. I think it's not, it's not, that, it's not a whole lot. And uh, yeah, Sean's uh, Christian's not too happy about that. And um, then we see them, you know, doing these um, these dodgy surgeries. Well, it's also he sell, he sells the Botox, you know, his baby. That um, yeah, that's right. had I think we've had more of a personal attachment this season to the Botox than we ever did with Gina. Um, uh, not Gina, sorry, Grace. God, I'm getting the wrong G's around the wrong way. God, we love <laughs> Gina. We, we hate Grace. Um, just, I really want to quickly go back. I just, the one line I love when we've got, um, Christian and, and Gina together, <laughs> when, um, the, what is it that you say? Like one, $1,100 sheets. Um, and then he, she wants a $4,000 pram. I mean, who, who has $11,000 sheets? Can I just point that out? Like, <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Well, the whole thing about the doctors, isn't it, is that they, um, you know, and we'll get a little bit of this later on as well with Merrill, you know, about the whole amount of money that's being spent and, you know, that these guys just, just spend way too much money. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's there's nothing, I mean, kind of the fact that they're having to take on less desirable clients here too, isn't it? How, um, you know, that guy with the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I need the money. I need it in cash. Um, and then just little things like that. But, um yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how they've had to have this this sort of change in heart and how they're having to go about things and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, if you've got eleven hundred dollars sheets, um, I think you maybe got a bit more cash in reserve than perhaps they're making out. But hey, maybe we're maybe we're just uh, you know thinking thinking too much with that. Yeah, exactly. And I love this whole scene in the diner. It's quite funny. Eh? It's just like you know, could could there be a more obvious place to have a you know a, a transactional thing going on here? You know, like. Sean and Christian look so uncomfortable that you couldn't believe that this isn't like at least partially dodgy. I guess it's probably something that happens in a diner all the time. So, you know, the the people in the diner don't really pay much attention to it. But yeah, I thought it was just like these guys are so obviously doing something dodgy. And, um, you know, you if you were walking past that, you might think about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you're in a diner, just dodgy stuff happens all the time. But, um, yeah, I, I again, props to the music. We hear Drive by the Cars in the background. Such a great song. That plays into, I think, might be season four. They use that again in another episode. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk up a lot about the music in these because they just use the music so well in these episodes. Um, but just such a great song. And what does is, what is, um, uh, Escobar say about how he's like, you know, you mentioned about the diner about like, oh, you know, my girlfriend, you know, she wants to go to all the fancy ones, but there's nothing wrong with coming to a place like this and having a fruity tootie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so weird. But he does that a lot, you know, just like these kind of lines where it's almost like he's making a bit of a joke. And, um, you know, if, if he wasn't such a terrifying character, you'd probably laugh. But, um, yeah, I mean, this guy, he, he means business. And we get into a bit of a confrontation here in the diner where there's knives get pulled and things like that. And, you know, you want to be, basically, the producers are putting you in no doubt that this guy's a maniac and, you know, he'll do whatever he wants to do. And these doctors can't control him. It's just not going to happen. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty serious stuff, really. And, I mean, he makes a point about, you know, this is actually a good thing because, you know, other people are sending you know, kids swimming across the Rio Grande with, you know, full of condoms with, with brick cocaine in them. So, you know, I'm doing a good thing here, uh, you know, which I guess is the the old criminal thing of, you know, what I'm doing is actually okay. Yeah, compared to, you know, yeah, exactly as you, you were saying with that. But, um, yeah, it's, isn't it kind of always interesting how it always seems to be Sean is the one who gets the, you know, the brunt of all the threats. I mean, since Christian got Botox in his penis in the like the first episode, it's always Sean who gets all the kind of things against him. And Sean's always the one who tends to try and do things more with it. So, um, you know, obviously besides Christian selling his baby. But um, it's, uh, yeah, that, that line, what is it, when he says, like, I'll tell you when I'm done and just the way he goes with it, like, you know, it's pretty... It's pretty fun. I like his. What's his assistant's assistant's name? Pepe or something oh, like Pepe. that. Yeah. I love. Yeah. He just. He, I mean, he doesn't say anything basically at all. But I mean, he's just. I don't know. He's just something about him. I just. I like Pepe. He's kind of the the cool sidekick that doesn't do much. But you just kind of like, yeah, cool. I like Pepe. He's a perfect dog's body. Eh? He just kind of does exactly what he's told, and you know, he's he's perfect for for Escobar. But um, we move away from these two guys and get back into our our C storyline or B storyline, depending on on how you're looking at it. But um. I really like this whole thing with Christian and Gina at the baby store, and, and yeah. mostly because one of my 
one of my favourite characters in this last episode is the uh, the creepy baby store yeah. salesman. <laughs> yes. Which I mean, let's be honest, he's purely there to just pick up pregnant chicks, as we basically find out. But um, yeah, and the, you know, he's so openly flirting with her, like right in front of of Gina. But I love how kind of they. Um, they do this whole situation of everything and, you know, she just, what does she end up saying? Like, oh, I'm going next door to get Baskin Robbins. <laughs> just a casual line. The way the guy's just like, okay, so that'll be $4,250 plus tax. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. okay, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. About, you know, that, um, about where she lives and she refuses to tell him and he kind of gets from the order form that she's living on a houseboat, which kind of comes into play a little bit, a little bit later in the episode. But, you know, I mean... <laughs> The, the whole kind of issues going on between the two of them is, is I mean, we talked about it a lot, about Christian and Gina and, and these two actors just really bounce off each other really well. And, you know, even in bickering, you just, you can't stop watching. And it, yeah, that's quite cool because, you know, to think if you knew two people like this and they were bickering all the time, the last thing you'd want to do is watch them. You'd want to get the hell out of there as soon as you could. And we actually are attracted to watching these two characters because they just, they're great, you know, they're, they're fun to watch. Yeah, they're just... They're just so good in the way they do it. You're right. And it's just, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird thing about them that it's kind of like, as I think I mentioned last episode, they're, they're weirdly suited to each other at the same time as they would never work as a couple. But, um, yeah, it's just, I love, I just love the way, what she say? Like, I want the Burberry asshole or something like that. Just the way she goes with it. It's just, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. And then we get back to the scene with, with Julia at her place and Suzanne's got this, this petition to you know ban Sophia from the yoga class or the Pilates class or whatever it happens to be, and you know it's like you say it's it's really hard because this is really heavy stuff and it's probably not dealt with in, in quite the way that it could be. It, it feels a little bit wasted. I don't know if you want to add anything else onto this. It does. They do feel like filler scenes, which is unfortunate, really. Well, what I actually uh, read, I think, since recording our last episodes in terms of just trying to get some trivia and stuff like that, it's that apparently all the stuff with Sofia Lopez was basically that the character was so popular that, you know, it was only ever meant to be a one-episode thing, but they thought they'd bring her back, you know, for other episodes. So I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing this is why this has happened. And, look, we said this once already, and we, we were wrong, and I'm pretty sure I'm right when I say this this time around, but we don't see her again after this episode so um look again you can see what they're trying to do it just seems wasted it just just doesn't fit i just i just don't know they could have maybe done this more so in maybe one of the episodes around sophia it's just i don't know it just seems again as i said before just complete it just doesn't fit this episode yeah absolutely and you know it's just so i think one of the other things i really noticed about this episode and i don't know if you agree is that um there's a ton of scenes you know and they are all really kind of quickly shoved together and I don't know if it's just the, like, oh, we need to get this stuff in before the end of the season, so we need to get it in here. But this this episode particularly feels like it has a lot of short scenes, you know? And this show is particularly like that. When I think of some of the bigger scenes that we've seen, you know, the one with Sean and he goes to the, um, yeah, well, obviously the Sean and Megan one, and also Christian with the church, you know, those two ones, they're long, long scenes, and they're drawn out, and you get everything you want out of those scenes, whereas this is an episode that's completely different. It's like... Shortcut, 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 lots and lots of scenes. And it does feel a little bit jarring, I have to say. Yeah, I don't know if I really noticed it that way. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe just because I was drawing them differently. I, I, I don't know. But I can see what you, I can see your point, though. They are kind of very much um, put there along the way. But, I mean, look, I would just, I would probably argue that besides the, the whole Julia Sophia storyline, I think it all works very well. Um, I mean, we, I, I just feel Julia in, in essence is just wasted this entire episode. I mean, I, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but it's kind of like the scene when we're at the table, uh, with Matt and it's just, it's like, um, uh, you know, what's the point of Matt being there to have a bit of a throwaway line about, you know, not being involved in the family and besides the whole screw it, let's go to McDonald's area. I don't know. Like maybe it's just Julia in general is just wasted this episode. It's like, well, we've got to have her in this episode, but it's like, well, you're not really doing much with her. Yeah, exactly. And I do kind of feel like it just all feels a little bit jarring. And I mean, you're actually not getting that far ahead. The only thing in between this is that, you know, Christian goes to, to Gina's houseboat and gives her a bit of a lecture about, you know, you're giving me a hard time about safety and you're living in a boat and 
you know, this this gift of an extra push chair that, that he's bought for her, she chucks in the water, and that's it. So, so we can actually we can literally talk through that one because it isn't anything else to talk about in that episode and that that scene itself. And you know, we get into this one with Julia and Matt that actually does have a little bit of teeth, which is that he knew about Sean and she's really upset and and he's nowhere to be seen and you know, mm. like it's just it just feels like it's delivering information without really telling us anything about the characters and i guess you do have to have these scenes not every scene can actually absolutely pack this massive punch sometimes they actually do just have to deliver information and you have to see the characters react to that information and i guess we're also getting the point that julia is suspicious of sean with good reason but he's actually into something much bigger that he can't tell her about yeah well, true, true. Um, and, I mean, I do like the line of, screw it, we're going to McDonald's. Um, yeah, yeah. That should be the slogan for McDonald's in general. But um, it's... Yeah, Yeah, it's... I mean, it's just interesting. Just Is this the only scene we get with Matt? I think we get the scene after with Matt and when Annie's there. But, um, you know, it's, again, it's kind of like, you know, Matt's just not in this episode basically at all. But, you yeah, know, I see, I see, I see your point, Nicholas. I agree with you. Oh, it's got to happen every now and then. But, you know, we can get through some of these little scenes because, you know, they are there and, and they're there for a reason. But the scenes we really want to get to is, you know, the one where Liz turns up and, and she's there to help help the boys with this operation. And, you know, she's, you know, she feels bad about it. She feels worried about these girls who have been, you know, kind of brutalised, you know, for the drug money. And obviously this all starts to turn pretty pear-shaped pretty quickly because uh, Pepe turns up and, you know, you need to come with me because things are not good. And we get to this, hotel, this motel room and, you know, Escobar's coked up to, you know, to his nose, basically. And Antonia, who was the, you know, the headlining patient for this this episode, is has um, sepsis and it's it's all looking pretty bad. And he doesn't seem to care as long as he gets the, the implants out, which I guess is in keeping with his character. And we, we get fantastic uh, the I Wear My Sunglasses at Night song. What a great song that is. Um, and that's when we get his real first... Because, I mean, it does become a recurring thing with Escobar. I think we mentioned it about how whenever you hear Cars by Gary Newman, and we'll get that in the next episode for the first time, you know, you and I always think of him. But it's kind of like we get his line in this episode of like, don't you miss the 80s? Like, you know, old school. Yeah, yeah. Like he's always yeah. talking up the music. Um, yeah. But I, I like I like Pepe's line there when he's got the the implants and he's like, oh, I don't want to touch these. I'll probably catch something from them. And he's just like, put them in the bag. Um, and just a quick note out to uh, um, to Antonio Ramos, played by Marissa Nichols. Uh, and any twenty four fans will know that she, of course, was uh, Nadia in season six. Um, even though, you know, generally all 24 fans will forget that that season even existed. But uh, she was one of the, the more positive notes, I feel, of that season. I'll take your word for it. I'm not a 24 <laughs> fan, so I'll, uh, I'll assume that you're correct there. I am. Um, <laughs> you know, what I, one of the things I really like about this, this scene is I think the, the makeup on her, you know, like her um, wounds and everything is, yeah, it's pretty horrifying. And I think they really nail it there. And you know, watching these doctors kind of go to work in this motel room is really pretty impressive. And yeah, I mean, I, I like how how you know shocked these doctors are that these two guys are standing there and letting this happen. And you know, they're not doing anything about it. And these doctors are having to not they're not only kind of the slaves to these guys at this point, but they're actually having to save somebody's life at the same time. Yeah, and the way they basically are like. You know, you keep the girl, consider her a tip or whatever it is, and just, it's like, wow, it's pretty bad. I always, it's interesting how, like, they can quickly cut open a boob and get the stuff out, like, that quickly. Um, you know, I, I and I love how kind of, like, you know, just to keep it within the uh, the ratings of the TV so we can't show some boobs, how <laughs> they sort of lift a shirt up to have a look, and, of course, we only just see underneath the boobs. We don't see the whole thing, yeah. but... Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just me going back to an episode ago talking about porn. I was expecting to see nipples, but hey, can't have it all, right? No, that's right. This is um, definitely not the... What was that? It was where the boys aren't, Oh, come it? on. It's not like you haven't downloaded the entire series since we last recorded it, Nick. <laughs> just stop plasting it off as being... You know, oh, what was that again? Um, oh, yeah. I've got to be a little bit nonchalant, you know. There's got to, there's got to be some mystery here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is a pretty cool scene, and, you know, I think it's done really well, and... and 
everybody reacts the way that you ex- expect these characters to react, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, but you know, we'll come back to this character and and what's going to happen with Escobar a little bit later, and we can kind of move on to what's happening with Julia and Sophia at this cafe, and you know, talking about and you know, Julia thinks she knows what the what the conversation is going to be about, and obviously Sophia kind of derails that conversation a little bit by saying, "Oh, you know, you should you should stay with Sean and blah blah blah," and. <laughs> yeah, and she's obviously she knows Liz, so that's why she knows about it and all that kind of thing. And um, the, you know, I think this is, you know, if we if we're going to give this whole storyline a little bit of credit here, then I think this is quite a good little scene to kind of finish it off, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess out of all this is it, you know, it's kind of it's that that voice of to Julia, you know, oh, you should give him another try. I mean, look, I understand that, and I guess kind of on the grand scheme of things, Julia really doesn't have any friends that we see. I mean, Suzanne is a friend, but is she really like she's that bitch friend, you know, that we kind of talked about a couple of episodes ago. So, yeah, I can kind of see it from that perspective. But, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's overridden, obviously, by the fact that we're also getting sort of the guys in the background being, you know, complete douches by laughing at this Sophia and just everything along those lines. And I, I, yeah, I just, because there's just no payoff to anything after this, is there? You know, like, you know, she's obviously saying about how, oh, we don't, they don't want you in the class, but I do want you in the class, Sophia. Um, but, I mean, there's just nothing, there's no payoff with that. It, it ends badly. So it's kind of like, well, after that bit, well, what happens to poor Sophia? We never, you know, she goes into the grace universe of Nip Tuck. It's like, well, what happens to the poor thing? Yeah, and I guess, you, you know, there's only one scene separating this and, and their last scene, which is where they go back into the yoga class and, you know, they go in and, you know, basically... You stand their ground and so everybody else decides to leave and there's not enough people to hold the class so they've got to cancel the class and you know that's kind of where we finish that storyline really isn't it unless i'm missing anything that no, is I the, think that that's is it, the, that's it. But, and i mean again from memory we don't see sophia again so it's kind of yeah, yeah. um yeah that paid off didn't it <laughs> yeah so i think we're, we're probably a little bit thumbs down on on this whole storyline that it doesn't really give us very much so i think we probably talk through our issues with this and, and we can probably move on and i think and um let's talk about some of the other stuff that is of a little bit more interest so we get back to antonia who's in recovery and you know she's still under the impression that she's bought been brought here to be in a, a modeling agency and um, they have to break the news to her that that's not the case and i mean it's pretty brutal stuff and i think they do a good job of kind of talking through you know the impact that it has on the other end of this because this is going back to Escobar's original thing about this doesn't hurt anybody these girls are getting something out of it and everyone's a winner blah 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 and I think they do a good job because I think a lot of these shows when they're talking about you know the impact of of the drug industry and all that kind of thing it's always some you know and Niptuck's going to be guilty of it later on as well which is the whole thing about you know it's people who get drugged up and, and do stupid things and it's the people in the middle who actually aren't being hurt by it, mm. or, you know, who aren't, aren't actually taking the drugs themselves that are that are being hurt by it, and that kind of story doesn't often get told. So I think they do quite a good job of, of telling a different side of that that you know that drug war, whether you agree with it or not. I think that you know there's a really important story here about the people that get caught in the middle who are who are innocent both ways. Yeah, and it's kind of going back to what I think we said a few episodes ago too about how a lot of these patients, they never generally have happy endings, do they? So it's kind of, you know, generally there's always other bits that happen to these patients along the way that, that adds to their, you know, pretty tragic story arcs. But, yeah, no, you're right. It's kind of it's not something that's told a whole lot along the way. But, um, yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, it's very well acted, this whole scene, and just kind of just, you know, her realisation, of course, that she's... um you know, in a pretty shit position from that point on. So, yeah. But again, is is that that's also where we leave that that storyline as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. But I mean, it's kind of. I feel in a way that's almost got more of a payoff though, because it's. I mean, she's just a random character who we don't really, you know, need to focus too much in. It's not like this hasn't happened before in other episodes with our patients, but. I think it's different with Sophia because, you know, this is the third episode in, you know, so it's kind of like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're back and get this, you know, the creepy scene with, with, what is his name? I should have written it down to um, Brad? Yeah, Brad, I, Brad, I think so. I wrote it down too, I thought, but yeah, I think it's Brad. Yeah. And, that know, sounds like a douchey kind of, name, doesn't it? A douchey shopkeeper's name, Brad. He's just so kind of like sleazy and, you know, like he's like, oh, you know, we we... 
you know, we, we were under the understanding that, you know, everybody knew about this and you were okay with it. And, you know, Sean, um, sorry, Christian kind of snaps and, and, you know, gives him a shove and he, he looks pretty pathetic. And, yeah, I, this, this character does make me laugh because, you know, there's not much to him, but, you know, he's so nice and friendly until the minute that Christian confronts him and then he just kind of melts into nothing. Yeah, and I, I love that scene when, you know, I, I love Angry Christian when he gets like that. What does he say, like, about... um when he's like trying to explain about like oh two good things about it when they're pregnant it's 39 weeks one you can come inside of them and two they've got breast milk ever taste the nectar of the gods that is gross yeah. that is disgusting yeah, no. it's, and it's just the way he says it it's just like ugh, it just makes your skin crawl a little bit doesn't it like i'm sorry like and this is no disrespect to anybody involved in how i put this but like there is one thing that i probably would never want to try and <laughs> i had no choice when i was a baby but like breast milk kind of just is something that I'm not going to go out of my way to, to ever try. You know, it's, um, you know, my dad will babysit often for my, uh, sister's daughter and, you know, she'll have to come over and bring over like breast milk obviously so she like puts it in a little bag thing in the fridge and as soon as i see that bag thing in the fridge i'm like oh okay don't want to go anywhere near that so i don't know if i just came across as a complete asshole there i don't know but no no it's quite right (laughs) so yeah i mean this this character brad he doesn't do a whole lot but you know it's quite a fun little little scene with him and i guess it's just this catalyst that you know christian if he wants to take this whole thing seriously he really needs to have gina living with him so that's kind of where this is all going and we're going to get that scene in a minute but first we have this whole this whole scene where Escobar turns up at Sean's place and, and threatens the, the family. And, you know, I love that whole thing. Where, oh, yeah, and hashtag Annie siding, by the way. Annie! And, uh, <laughs> and you know, like we, we get him, you know, like chops the cucumber. He's like, this is this is amazing. Is this organic? You know, it's like, <laughs> and it's just those little those little lines from him that are just, <laughs> they're just really well done. And, you know, the, just this whole thing. This is this is a quick scene, but I think this one really works because all it is is just up in the ante and just this guy is, is prepared to, basically just scare these guys into doing exactly what he wants and you know he's not going to stop at anything until these doctors do everything that he wants them to do it's creepy though obviously but like the thing that kind of we talk about payoffs if you think about the grand scheme of things we don't really even get any reference that this even happens you know besides the fact sean obviously going around to his house in a minute um until kind of the next the next episode but it's kind of you know escobar's putting a lot on the line there because they could have easily just called the cops like they don't know what sean's into so it's kind of like well I mean, think about it. If you're in your house right now and somebody, you know, grabs Edge and Tees, you're going to be like, oh, my God, call the cops. You know, it's not like, oh, I better call somebody up just to make sure that, you know, they're they're not, you know, drug running or anything like that and holding my husband for ransom. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, it is a bit weird. And I, and I think, yeah, the, the the weird thing about this is that we, we don't get the reaction from Sean. You're right. We don't get that scene. Like, we were just confronted by this guy. What's going on? And, you know, I'm skipping ahead to the next episode a little bit, but another one where he goes out really late and she kind of, let's let's wait there because I'm not entirely clear on that last episode and when he kind of leaves and what she's thinking. But, you know, we we don't get a good reference to this happening. And in some ways, I think we could have really used that, you know, just a quick scene that, you know, your problems are now coming home to us and it's affecting your family. And... Yeah, I think that that would have been quite important. And I guess we do kind of get that in the next episode a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, then we uh, we get into um, this, um, you know, this this whole scene with, with Christian and Gina and, you know, this really great line where he says to her basically, you know, this isn't about you and me, this is about the baby. And, you know, you're going to have to move in with me. And, you know, there's, um, there's not a lot to the scene, I guess, but this whole thing where... Christian's coming across as the adult in this whole situation, and I'm not sure that he's really earned that, but I think he's realising that, you know, he can't just do this as a transactional thing. This is going to have to be a bit more than that, and he may not like it, but he's going to have to kind of suck it up and and just deal with it, and, you know, he's going to move her in with him. Yeah, and it's kind of like I think what we've talked about this season about how, you know, Christian becomes Sean and Sean becomes Christian, and I think a lot of, you know, this is... Nice stuff to see the Christian's caring side about things. And, you know, as much as we're about to get the scene in just a moment of Sean, you know, busting into a house and doing all this sort of stuff, it's kind of like, you know, Christian's, yeah, becoming, as you said, sort of the adult and the caring one with it all. But, um, I, I mean, I will say with the whole Christian Gina storyline of this baby and everything along the lines, like it's, it's great to see Christian and how much he's willing to do for this child about how caring he can be with it all. So, um, yeah, I love, I love this stuff here with him and Gina. It's, it's really well done. And um, 
like the whole cigarette, just, you know, ripping the cigarettes out of her mouth and doing all that sort of stuff. So it's great. Yeah, no, it is really good. And it is more set up for the next episode, which is, you know, that that's totally fine because I, I do feel like this is kind of a, a two-parter really and this is the first half of it. So there's a lot of setup for what happens in that last episode and, and I'm totally cool with that because I think you do need that really. Um, you know, we're, we're bringing this thing in for a landing for this, this season and so there is going to be stuff in the second to last episode. You know, you want people to come back and watch that final episode. So you're going to have a few things that are kind of hanging on there to to kind of reveal on that last episode. So I think that's really good. So, yeah, I mean, let's skip to what is kind of the centerpiece ep- um, scene of this whole episode, I think, which is, you know, obviously we, we don't get the scene of Sean finding out, but this is his reaction to it. You know, that he, he has somehow found where Escobar's living. I, I don't know how he knows that. Do we yeah, have I was any wondering, idea actually, that was my biggest thing. Like, how does he find out where he lives? Yeah, yeah, but anyway, he, he busts in at quite the opportune moment, doesn't he, where um, Escobar's going to town on his girlfriend or whoever she is, and um, you know, he just, like, just, like, socks him in the side of the head, which is pretty awesome, and uh, only to be saved by Pepe, who turns up with a gun and, you know, threatens to cap him. And no, no, we can't kill him. He's the he's the talented one. And so, you know, this whole scene where he's like, you know, he gets back to it with his, with his girlfriend. He's like, if I wanted this to be, this could be your wife. And it's just mm. like... Like, could you, you know, could you possibly just rub any more salt into this wound? You know, like, I've totally got you where I want you. You're going to do what I want. Otherwise, you know, there's going to be repercussions. And, you know, it, it couldn't be more more blatant. I do really like it. Yeah, it's it's so well done. And it's just, yeah, at this point, you're kind of like, well, fuck, what the hell's he going to do? And it's, again, it's just so, just the way it's done so well. Just as you said, like, you know, if this, if I wanted to, this could be your wife. Like, that's just, that's just harsh and, like, sinister and everything and I, I do love the girlfriend when she's like Escobar are we done and he's like did I finish um, yeah 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 it's just this <laughs> just everything about it is just is really cool it, it is a cool scene and you know watching it back it is again I think like everything in this this episode it's really short there's not a lot to it but you kind of get you get to the point really quickly and um, I don't think you could accuse this show of, of laboring the point they do tend to just get to things pretty quickly and yeah. this episode especially I think that's the case it's, um, it's interesting too with Escobar because I mean I guess he's an evil asshole so it doesn't really matter about fidelity but I mean you know spoiler alert we later found out find out in a you know later episode that he's married so it's kind of like you know, he's doing all this and doing all that with all these other women and everything along those lines, but it ultimately doesn't matter, does it? You know, because he still is married. So, yeah, it's, it's just that's just something that I always have in the back of my mind with all these things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, that kind of closes out that scene. And, and like I say, there's, we're just kind of laying some, some tracks that we're going to explore in the next episode and, and finish this out. And so we get back to, to Christian and Gina, which is, again, going to be another important part of the, of the final episode. And, you know, she's she's kind of sleeping in the same bed with him now, and you know, we, we do get this reveal on what her surname is, which is quite interesting. And, and Christian gets to feel the baby kicking and all that kind of thing. It's quite a sweet little scene, really. It is, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think you asked me the other episode, didn't you, about what's his um, uh, what's her last name? And I thought it was revealed, but I mean, I was just reading off obviously the uh, the IMDb page. But you know, it's it's a nice little reveal with it for sure and yeah it's, it is a very little sweet scene the way sort of it kicks and the way i love how you know christian's honest keeps saying like oh we've got a real little you know heavyweight champion you know keeps saying he and then of course she's like well it could be a she you know it's kind of it's, it's sweet how they do it yes absolutely yeah and i think it's you know it's definitely going to lay out what's going to happen in the next episode so we look forward to concluding that that little storyline coming up soon but, you know, we're going to finish the scene off with one final patient who's coming in. And I do like the way they handle this kind of closing scene, which is, you know, we go through the whole kind of pantomime of these guys saying, you know, what do you tell me what you don't like about yourself, you know, and revealed sitting behind her as Escobar. And I, I think that's quite a good way to finish this this episode off, really. But that, I have to say that that model was a bit of a Denise Richards lookalike as well. I don't know if you noticed that, but she kind of looked like that to me. I just generally forget about Denise Richards uh, in general because, you know, she she was such a, a bleak moment on, you know, in my opinion, the best James Bond film of all time. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I didn't notice that. I just noticed the uh, very large nipples on this woman. I guess that's what I noticed. Yes, that is another factor, that's for sure. We can't deny that fact. So we're kind of leaving things out. I don't think there's anything else we need to discuss on this episode, really. I, it'd be really interesting to see what you are thinking in terms of our buy it, rent it, or bin it, and, and where you're going to go with that. 
Mm, yeah, it's yeah, it's tough because I mean I, I really do like these last two episodes. I think it does it ties it up so well. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I honestly thought it would just be an easy case of buying it, but I think maybe it might just push down into a rent it. Maybe I, I it's it's tough. Um, I'm gonna go with a rent it. Why not? I can't be too you know can't be too biased. I guess a lot of these. It's just I mean it's 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 a rent it, but rent it a lot <laughs> because I mean it's a good episode. It is a good episode, but just the Julia Sophie stuff. It just I don't know why it irks me so much. It just it just seems so wasted. And you know the fact that we get like you know five seconds of Annie. Um, and this is of course this is a Gina episode. This is a very Gina centric episode. So um. Yeah, I, I I might regret that decision later on down the line, but I'll, I'll go with rent it. I think for me it's kind of hard because um, so much of what happens here depends on what happens in the last episode. You know, if the last episode doesn't hit the marks, then this is really sliding down the list for me. If I was going to rank these 13 episodes, it's going to be near the bottom. But if the last episode really does get all the payoffs I'm looking for, then this one's going to be quite high. So it's kind of hard to to really rate this one without what's, seeing what's going to happen next. But I'm with you. I think it is a bit of a rent. I think I, I found it quite difficult with so many short little scenes to really wrap my head around what was going on. It just, things all, you know, <laughs> a, bit, a bit like the, um, the, breasts of the models they were it was a little bit overstuffed with with more than it really needed to be and I, I just found it hard to really process what was going on because everything was so shortcut and it did feel to me like there was a little bit of a shit we've got to put the scene in here we have to put the scene in here because we've run out of time without it really being necessary to the overall story and if they'd known they were going to get another few seasons then maybe they could have strung this out over over into the next season so for me, I guess it's a rent at this point, but um, I will reserve the right to change that opinion if um, after we've talked about the, the final episode, you know, that might change for me. So I think that's probably where we'll leave it for, for this one and, and head into our final episode. And um, we're, we're going to be titling that one. That is going to be an Escobar um, episode, very Escobar-heavy episode, and it's to the point where it's actually named after him. <laughs> so we look forward to, to kind of closing that one out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I was about to say it is, it is named after the man, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good episode. It's a, it's a strong finale and, um, you know, lots more Escobar. There's, there's Gina in it. We even get a tiny bit of Annie as well. So, uh, what's not, what's not, not to like? Yeah, absolutely. So, no, we'll leave it there for now and, uh, we look forward to coming back with the finale for you. So, um, until then, um, I've been Nick and I'll tell you when you're done. And my name is Ben and screw it. Let's go to McDonald's. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.